This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. You will get bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. And let me give a shout out to some of our recent supporters. Those include Christiana D, Jukari, Amy L, and Jeff. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, guys. And, and um, how was your week? It was okay. How was yours? It was horrible. Okay. Really? I don't know. I have no thoughts. Um, I okay. did. Yeah. Uh, I figured I'll just get into this first story here because okay. it dominated the week in religious news, it seems, even though it's been festering for like a month and a half or two months. Okay. But here's the story. It involves Hamlin University in Minnesota, small liberal arts school. And basically what happened, I'll give you some backstory to make this make sense. Like remember in like 2010-ish, there was this time when a bunch of cartoonists, bloggers, even South Park uh, got in trouble or controversy because they were depicting the image of the prophet Muhammad. Muhammad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so sometimes it was for the sake of free speech. They're like, you can't tell me what I can or cannot draw there or used do to be it. A drama, drama Muhammad day. There was a drama Muhammad day movement online for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and yeah, like there were people who said, I'm not trying to offend people, mm-hmm. but if you're telling me. I can't do something because of your religious beliefs. I'm going to do it just to show you that I don't live under your religious rules. It's sort of the root of (laughs) anti-vaxxers of like, I'm not going to do this thing only because you tell me I have to. Right. You can't tell me what to do. I want 75 guns. (laughs) And part of me was like, I get the free speech aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. part of me is like, I get that practicing devout Muslims are offended by it. Mm -hmm. And there was, I think, an open question of like, well, which one of those two things matters to you a little more? And And I know at the time back then, and in most ways, I think, still now, Mm -hmm. I'm on the side of free speech. I don't want to offend other people. I'm not going out of my way Mm -hmm. to do it. But... Whatever, you don't get to dictate what everyone else gets to do. For the same reason, the Catholic Church's policies on sex, which we'll talk about for Mm -hmm. a different story, just because they have their rules, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't impact how the rest of us live our lives. And that's the same way I felt about their rule about drawing Muhammad. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is their belief is there is a religious reason they cannot draw it. Therefore, like, they shouldn't have to face it Mm -hmm. in secular culture, so, like, on a cartoon. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason, uh, you remember, in France, there was the satirical newspaper Charlie Hebdo. They famously depicted Muhammad a couple, like, many times Mm -hmm. over. And in response, extremists Mm -hmm. uh, slaughtered their headquarters and stuff. In 2020, a teacher showed some of, uh, like, I forgot how old the... Uh, students were, but in France in 2020, a teacher showed some of those offensive cartoons in a class about free speech to make a point of this is what that controversy was about. And it became a story because that teacher was brutally murdered by an extremist back then. So, I mean, there are still instances where it's no longer just about the free speech issue. It's that when you show it Mm -hmm. or even you want to talk about it, there are extremists who are reacting in a way that, and I'm not suggesting Muslims by and large are supportive of that, but there are extremists who go out of their way to 
go freaking crazy about it. Yeah, that's wild. So that's the backdrop to the story I want to tell you, which is that this is what happened in Minnesota a couple of months ago, which is that an art history professor at Hamlin University mm-hmm. was art history wanted to show students um, a ancient artwork, like artwork that is several hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those paintings involve, and I'm quoting from a Religion News Service article, a, quote, treasured 14th century painting depicting the Prophet Muhammad's call to prophecy. Hmm. There was a second image also from the 16th century. And here's the thing. He wanted this teacher, uh, I believe it's a woman, but she wanted to show these images in the classroom. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons she wanted to do this is to say this idea that Islam as a religion says people cannot show the uh, depictions of Muhammad. Mm -hmm. That's one. It's not old. That's a relatively new phenomenon. And it's not necessarily widespread. Mm -hmm. It's not every uh, sect of Islam that believes that. Furthermore, these were devotional. These were images painted by practicing Muslims as a way to honor their God. No different from like Renaissance artwork Mm -hmm. depicting Christianity, things like that. Wait, are you telling me that the 20th century happened and people got more extreme about their views? Because I haven't seen (laughs) that repeated in any other story. Right. And the whole point is that it wasn't taboo to depict Muhammad at the time. And then Just to make this abundantly clear, the same professor told students, like, I'm going to do this Mm. in advance, and here's the reason I'm doing it. If you don't want to attend that class, you don't have to. No harm, no foul, whatever. No consequence? No No consequence. Like, because I know some, it may rub some people the wrong way, Mm -hmm. but I'm not doing this to provoke you. Right. I'm doing this because there is an educational value to it. Now, this was an online class. I'm not sure why, because it was last semester, not mm-hmm. like two years ago. But the student newspaper obtained a video of the online class. And the professor's introduction to that lesson matched up pretty much with what I just told you. Okay. So here's from the article in the Hamlin student newspaper. In the video of the class, the professor gives a content warning and describes the nature of the depictions to be shown and reflects on their controversial nature for more than two minutes before advancing to the slides in question. And these are famous paintings. These are ancient artwork. Mm-hmm. This is stuff. Uh, they quoted the professor saying, I'm showing you this, this image for a reason. And that is, there is a common thinking that Islam completely forbids outright any figurative descriptions or any depictions of holy personages. Descriptions as well. Uh, I didn't know that. Figurative depictions. Dis- I did not say descriptions. If I said it otherwise, okay. I misspoke. Um, while many Islamic cultures do strongly frown on this practice, I would like to remind you there is no one mono I, monolithic is, I think, what they were going for, Islamic culture. Mm. Okay, that was the prelude. Then the professor showed the slides. Okay, I have no problem with any of that. Granted, I'm not the target audience here who would get offended, but also all of that seems like exactly what I would hope a professor would do, even more so than I would expect anyone to do, in advance of showing this to students. The point being, wasn't done to get a rise out of Muslims. Uh It wasn't done to be disrespectful. It was to educate them in an art history class. Right. So all of that seems to be what you would hope the professor does. But, and here's where the story gets weird, there was a student in that class who happened to be the president of the school's Muslim Student Association, Mm -hmm. who was part of that. That student complained about it. 
argued that the professor disrespected her and mm. basically uh, tattled to the administrators oh, about cool. all this. And again, that... What do snitches get? I forget all the uh-huh, time. Nothing. But that alone, I think that's one of those stories where I could totally see right-wing news outlets like, oh, crazy I student. I was just about to say. Like, this student ran wild or whatever. Um, and I would have been like, come on, it's one student. Who cares what one college kid thinks right. about anything? Because whatever, they're allowed to have dumb opinions. Yeah, we Welcome all Welcome to college. Uh-huh. Um, the problem is that the school later responded really? universally and they called the instructor's decision to show these artwork, to show the artwork an undeniably inconsiderate, disrespectful and Islamophobic thing to do. And then the instructor's contract was not renewed. Oh no. And a spring semester class the instructor was supposed to teach was canceled. canceled. Shit. So there's your story there. And the thing is, look, there's not a lot of things that unite right-wing websites and very liberal ones. Yeah. This story seems to be one of those things, like, I know there's the right-wing, like, eh, if it's not Christian, we we want to offend them. And, like, we want to show them the worst possible, I mean, that wasn't these, but, like, we want to show these pictures because we want them to know our free speech overrides your religious beliefs. But at the same time, and by the way, to be clear, I have seen right-wing organizations and news websites Mm -hmm. say exactly what we're saying here, which is, of course, that's absurd. Of course, uh, uh, religious freedom, uh, freedom of education, Mm -hmm. that, that should trump everything else here. And it's absurd to punish the teacher for trying to educate students. And now I'm starting to see more liberal groups Mm -hmm. who are relatively touchy about this sort of subject basically say, yeah, this professor should not have been fired or punished in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. There is a petition online to reinstate the teacher. Um, It was actually started by a different professor of Islamic art. It explains really well how censoring the artwork in the name of religious tolerance is, quote, imperiling equity in education. Uh, And they say, rather than having an academic discussion about these issues, Mm -hmm. because no one is here saying we just, that student has a choice. It's don't take the class or like be offended. Right. No one's suggesting we should try to offend the student. But if you want to have an academic discussion about how should we approach this matter, the school's not doing that. They're choosing to censor the topic and punish the person who took a responsible stance. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't get why they're caving to a student. Granted, it wasn't just her. It was other students later on who refused to accept that even other Muslims may have a different position on this matter. Right. Um, Again, there are plenty of professors and educators who are not part of any right-wing groups or even, you know, freedom of expression groups that tend to lean in favor of, oh, yeah, the professor doesn't have to use your pronoun. There's a lot of groups like that that have taken this stance, too, and I don't want to give them credit. Right. But on this issue, they're right. So I have just been kind of skimming through the literary canon Just quickly to find out how frequently I, as a literature major, probably had to read about rape. Mm. And I guess I just want to compare it to that a little bit because I don't... Because I think this is a case of religious privilege, to be sure. 
because the privilege being the privilege being because it is because it offended this uh, person's religion. That is the most important thing to protect is somebody's religious entitlements. Um, and I bring that up to say like a lot of us are faced with a lot of really challenging ideas and concepts every day that we just kind of have to navigate through. And this, I don't mean to sound like an anti trigger warning person, but she had to, I mean, I think it's not that she's mad whether or not she saw it. She's mad that this woman, this professor showed it, right? It's not I saw it and I'm mad. She thinks it's 100% disrespectful, which is frankly uh, false on its face because like you said, these were devotional paintings from the 17th century, 16th century, something like that. So yeah, it does seem to me that it sounds very Christian-y to me of like, I don't like this, therefore everybody else has to change for me and I think if all of us had the privilege of being able and not I mean obviously Muslims are not a privileged group all of that yes but like I don't know if I said I'm really tired of reading about rape in fiction what are my teachers you know what are the professors going to say nobody's going to suspend them and not renew their contract because they you know made their students read like the bluest eye or something I, I don't know this just really um, oof, this sits bad in my mouth. I hate this a whole lot. Like, this is not academia. Yeah, there is um, an, a Muslim rights group, C-A-I-R uh, Care. Mm-hmm. They have actually taken the side of the students, which isn't surprising, but also I was looking for an explanation of why you think the professor did something wrong. Right. I swear I looked. I could not find any reasonable defense of the student other than i mean their knee-jerk response is we want to defend muslims rights right and i get that as well well you should but i have not seen any anything coming on their end and i would like to if i missed it Mm. uh saying here's why what that professor did does not satisfy whatever it is we're trying to do here what like i really 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 want to get in their head like what do you is it yeah, what do you think the school should be doing? What do you think what our history students doing? should be doing? What should they? What should we do with those existing pieces of art that depict Muhammad? Like, should those? Are you calling for them to be destroyed? Are you calling mm-hmm. them to be locked away and never seen again? Because if their point is anybody showing an image of Muhammad is inherently offensive to me, that doesn't feel entirely sustainable you know what i mean you can't stop everybody everywhere from looking at a picture or knowing that a thing exists right yeah i just i i guess i'm like you said i'm confused what i don't know what the other side wants i don't know how i would love to know i mean and fair question i guess for anyone listening who disagrees with our position on this I would like to know what you think this professor should have done. Should they have just said, I, I won't show you the pictures, but I will no talk about exists. them, which seems weird in, in an art, art history, history class. class. <laughs> um, do you think they should just have skipped that section altogether? How are students supposed to learn but, uh, about wait, what I happened? Mean, I'm kind of delighted to find that there's at least Muslim representation in this art history class. I feel like all yeah. I've ever seen are <laughs> pictures of like cut Jesus in art yeah. history. Like, cool for her to bring like i don't know why this feels so much to me 
like the sort of cancel culture vibe that right wing people accuse us of, of like, you can't say one thing. Like, that's what this feels yeah. like. There uh, are professors who are disrespectful to students. Yeah. And I do think they should be punished for it. Yeah, and the right wing like outlets are always defending those professors no matter right. what they do. But even though they hate the university system <laughs> and education. But in this case, again, I'm looking at what this professor did and it seems like she went out of her way to give everyone the advance warning they need mm-hmm. about what she was going to do. She explained why she was doing it. It is rational. It is reasonable in the context of the class she was trying to teach. Yeah. And still, no. And I don't, like, I'm I don't get not that. comfortable getting into, like, censoring college professors syllabi like that's not gonna be like what is the end Ugh, i'm not gonna slippery slope this to death (laughs) it's bad enough on its own we don't need to yeah i don't need to attach anything else i'll be curious to see if the school reverses they don't seem like they're in any they haven't made any suggestion that they're gonna reverse their decision Uh anytime soon is there a reason the professor is unnamed the professor is named now at first it was not naming her we're not naming her um there was at first, they didn't want to name the student publicly because they're going to get harassed online the and the professor. Because, again, it's not like it's a secret, but also why invite that harassment from yeah, people? Yeah, that's fair. But I have seen news reports this week that do name both sides of that. It's not a secret. But, again, it's it doesn't matter. There's an art history professor who did this. There's a student who was upset. Who should win that battle kind of is the question. And in this particular case, I have, if you didn't want to see it, no one was forcing you to see it. Yeah. And acknowledging its existence is part of the class. Yeah. And you can't force anybody else to comply with your specific set of... Morals and values, right. which as goes we back to what it was, nauseum. which goes back to the original showing the image mm. in pop culture or wherever, like 14, 15 years yeah. ago. Which, again, some of those, not the South Park one, but like some of them were purposely blasphemous, yeah, to make a did point. You say not the South Park one, I they literally did not show an uh offensive picture, they were just going to show a pretty normal. Picture, just a brown dude. dude. And I believe if I have it right, Comedy Central made them cover it up and at one point censor it. Um, And they actually tried to make comedy out of it by putting a little disclaimer like Comedy Central made us do this. Hmm. Um, Anyway. Those kinds of things always make me think back to like things that people think are inherently part of their culture that only came around like 50 years ago. Like a hundred... Like evangelical Christians have always been against abortion. Like, buddy. You took the words out of my mouth. God damn it. Like, I was going to say a hundred years ago, if someone would be like, isn't abortion murdering Mm. babies? They'd be like, what are you saying to me? I have 47 children. Yeah, and our babies don't live past two. That's why we have 47 children. Yeah, exactly. We're just hoping one of it makes it to adulthood. And even that's not guaranteed. Like, truly. And if you can't do that in an art history class, (laughs) (laughs) where are you going to do it? But truly, this is the danger of us not studying our own fucking history is that we don't know why we believe what we believe and just listen to people, Mm -hmm. which I would say is bad. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. 
they have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. It's bad. Let's talk about... <laughs> speaking of <laughs> Speaking of which, segue, um, in Kansas, something bad happened in Kansas with the Catholic Church. There was a four-year investigation into all the Catholic dioceses in Kansas. That's four of them. And the investigation was done by, like, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation. It was... Uh, I believe it was a Republican attorney general who's like calling for it to happen. This is after in Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, then attorney general, got a report, got a grand jury. That report was released Mm -hmm. and it kind of opened the floodgates this time around Mm -hmm. for investigating the church and the sexual abuse within it. So in Kansas, they did this too. Like, of course, we're investigating. Of course, we're Republicans. We want to stop predators. So that report was finally made public, or at least a summary. No, it was made public this week. And bottom line, here's what the Kansas Bureau of Investigation found. They said, we focused on reports of clergy sexual abuse Hmm. in the state's four Roman Catholic dioceses along with one other group that they said was included. But they found Another 400... Uh, yeah, Another it's like a breakaway Catholic group gotcha. that's not technically Catholic, oh, but whatever. Oh, I see. We did it all. We single Protestant, yep. Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> and they found 400 victims of sexual abuse in the, since 1950. Like of So all the time we can trace it back to, when they started keeping records of this stuff, we got 400 victims and we found 188 alleged predators who were basically on the church payroll. So we're looking at not Two just point a couple. something each. Yeah. I so did we're not the just math looking, for you. Thank you. We're not just looking at a couple predators who are right. prolific. <laughs> we are talking right. a systemic problem, would you say? Very systemic. Like These are people uh, suspected of committing, I'm going to quote here, oh boy. aggravated criminal sodomy. Rape, aggravated indecent liberties with the child, and aggravated sexual battery. That's what the report said. Honestly, this is neither here nor there, but the way we name things is very strange, and I find it really off-putting. Yeah. Wow. So... Okay. So the question is, what are Kansas Kansas politicians going to do moving forward? Because in other states, one of the discussions that's been up for grabs is, okay, now that we have these type of reports, Mm -hmm. um, granted, in almost all these cases, the the incidents we are talking about happened closer to 1950 than they did today. A lot of these are old cases. The people involved who are suspects no longer alive. Mm -hmm. uh, They're very much in their old age. Even some of the suspects may, uh, uh, victims may not want to revisit it, but in some states they've said, let's open the window when you could file a lawsuit against your attacker uh, for uh, cases that have passed the statute of limitations. Uh In some states they have done that. 
We don't know what they're going to do in Kansas right now. But whatever they do, if they do anything, it will be too late for some. I mean, this is yeah. from the report. A few of the victims that the task force dealt with were in prison and attributed that in part to the sexual abuse they had endured as children. Many times, the victims thought they were the only victim of the offending priest, but following appropriate investigative interviews and actions, some victims learned for the first time they were not uh, the only one the priest had abused. I should say, a trigger warning here, some of the alleged victims had taken their lives. Um, Now, all that is, we know that happens because it's happened in all these other states. So that in itself is not new. The question now is, are they going to do anything about it? Mm -hmm. The church, I should say, says it's taking it seriously. And there is something to back that up. It's like too little, too late. But it's something they said, and they were right about saying this. Like, look, the allegations are more likely to have occurred decades ago than it is today. Um, And we, they participated in the investigation. They said they handed over uh-huh. stuff like that. I wonder how much of that is public pressure versus they're eager to do it. Oh, 100%. But, <laughs> but this is important. Yeah. The Kansas Bureau of Investigations report highlighted how, yeah, the Catholic Church cooperated with us, but they also hindered the investigation. What? And they specifically mentioned non-disclosure agreements that forbid, Just like Jesus signed. Yes, that forbid victims from telling us everything. Uh-huh. They said church officials used language, whether it's in the reports that they had written up about incidents. Uh-huh. Like, oh, so there oh, were t- incidents reports. There That's were some where, reports, but okay. they minimized the seriousness or severity sure. of abuse. Like, oh, he was acting, you know, immaturely. Like, buddy. The that, priest was the acting priest was amaturely. It's that sort of thing. Where it's I like, think his one I, responsibility is to be the adult in the room. You're they call downplaying the allegation, right? They said there was a failure to report abuse allegations Obviously. to law enforcement, a lack of transparent communication with parishioners hmm. about the allegations, horrible record keeping policies, inadequate internal investigations, oh, yeah. and surprise, an inability to hold people accountable for their roles in the abuse. So, what I'm hearing is that. Parents were not told what happened to their kid. Not nope. in every case, certainly. Nope. People downplayed or outright lied about what happened to these children. Mm-hmm. And as a result, sounds like a lot of people died. There, so now, um, good job, of, Catholic Church, as usual, fucking yeah. nailing part, it. Part of the report said, listen, there are some active cases where there could be criminal charges filed because the people are around to do it if they wanted to. Um, but so far, granted it's early, no prosecutor has taken the bait yet. They haven't said we're representing the victim and we're filing a lawsuit against this uh, church person. There were 30 cases where the task force submitted affidavits to law enforcement. Wow. But it depends on do the victims want to pursue of charges? Course. Is there a prosecutor willing to do it? And even if you do, I mean, how much will it make a difference 50, 60 years down the line in some cases? I think if you're hmm. looking for any sort of real consequence other than lawsuits, the consequence could happen if people who still call themselves Catholics in Kansas mm-hmm. said, you know what, I'm not part Fuck of this it. anymore. I'm leaving. I'm not using the label anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not sending my kids to a Catholic school if mm-hmm. I can get around that. Like tradition is no excuse to keep propping up a criminal institution with your tithe money mm-hmm. and your attendance. Yeah. Oh, boy. It definitely is a, you know, vote with your wallet situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, but And it's. 
the thing that is tragic about all this is I know plenty of people who take their Catholic faith very seriously and draw a lot from it. And you're taking that away from people too. Like you're not just harming the people who you physically harmed. The ripple effect is massive. And even if it's just like a horrible crisis of faith that somebody has to go through and maybe they'll come out an atheist or maybe they'll end up being like, I don't know, a universal, what was that? What's the one? Unitarian Unitarian? universalist. Yes. Universalist. Oh boy, this sucks. This sucks hard. They should stop doing, hey, can they stop doing this shit? Uh, That's not how the church works. But here's a silver lining. This is the next story that involves the Catholic church again. Oh shit, Lisa Marie Presley died. Oh, I saw she had gone to the hospital on yeah. my way here. It's so weird because Ross and Carrie definitely mentioned her on their. <laughs> I New love Year's how prediction. that is your source of news. No, 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 no. It's not. They do. They things. just have an episode at the beginning of every year where they make predictions for the end of the year, and then they evaluate it's predictions. A very specific. Prediction. It's great. No, they at the beginning of the year they go to a bunch of psychics and get their readings done of like what's going to happen to me this year, <laughs> and then at the end of the year they go back and check. But they also are like. I think there's going to be a big news story about peacocks this year. Like the new <laughs> slang will start with a B. And they said there something about Lisa Marie Presley. I think they killed her accidentally. I should, Man. I should text Ross. How dare they? Let's talk about the Catholic Church some more. Hey, did you know the Catholic Church has a stance on abortion? What is it? Don't. Don't. Um, and what percent of Catholics in the U.S. believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases. I'm sorry, did you say Catholics specifically? Yeah, Catholics in the U.S. In the U.S. I'm going to say 70%. 56% of, they believe abortion to be legal in all or most cases. I'm getting really good at get, guessing so percentages. Like, going back to the last story, they could leave. You don't have to stick with the church yeah. when on this sort of issue. Okay, how about same-sex marriage? You know the Catholic church. Boo. Uh, completely boo same-sex boo, marriage. Boo, boo. Yep. What percent of practicing Catholics say they support same-sex marriage? I'm going to go Rights, back in say. at 70%. So. You are pretty close, 73%. So, have guessed 69. Again, the point is, on these, eh, <laughs> these, on these issues, like there are so many Catholics right. in the U.S. who oppose the church on these huge moral issues. Right. But they but stick that, around. It, it truly and they is still the most baffling thing. But here's why I bring all this up, because this is what came out recently. It's called the National Survey on Family Growth, which is administered by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Uh-huh. And what they found is they were basically trying to figure out what's condom usage, birth control usage, things like that. This is what surprised me. What's the Catholic Church's position on birth control? Well, they... They just don't acknowledge that people have sex before marriage and only that acknowledge too. that you have sex to have children. So they're anti, but they're... They are definitely anti. But it's more they don't think you should be having sex unless you actually want to be... That too, but you definitely, even if you're married, no birth control, mm. no pills, no condoms, no uh, plan B, definitely, because mm-hmm, they think that's abortion. It's not. Yeah. Um. And they even say, like, no, pull-out method. That's not what we do here. You can use... The rhythm, the rhythm method, method, but that's it. Everything else, no birth control of any kind, hey, no contraception what? allowed. Guess what? The mm-hmm. rhythm method doesn't work. Does I know at work. least two rhythm method babies. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the church tried to kill you. You destroyed them. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. 
The church is against all of these things, and yet what this survey found, 92% of Catholics in the U.S. say they, who I assume are of age, and I don't know, but they say we have used a condom during sex, Uh which, good, I'm glad you have. They're practicing safe sex? The church hates safe safe sex. Yes. dangerous Look, the church hates safe sex. They Mm -hmm. hate safety. They hate Mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. So Mother Teresa, (laughs) when it came to birth control pills, um, condoms, when Mother Teresa was alive and she was housing all these poor women in Calcutta, one of the things they pointed out is, well, HIV is spread in this community. And if these women knew about condoms, they would have another barrier to protect themselves. And Mother Teresa was still saying, Mm. no, you can't use condoms for any reason. But she's like the best, right? I thought she was everybody's Hundred percent, the best person who she ever lived. She ever is Saint Teresa. Let people die, but, or but. So again, the point being, that's what happens good. when you apply the Catholic Church's beliefs in matters Truly. of contraception and even and beyond also that. I would like to say that I bet the Catholic Church decided no condoms well before the AIDS crisis happened, <laughs> and they were right. mostly worried about like fucking syphilis. But that's <laughs> the thing: ninety-two percent of Catholics say they use they have used condoms. Sixty-eight percent said they have used birth control pills 62 percent have used the pullout method um i think it's very funny that the pullout method is also i should say that's my phrase for it they use a more technical term Uh, i mean it's i mean unless there's something else like it's wild that they consider that well because oh it's a spill your seat on the ground yeah forgot about that yeah Fucking but Bible. I should say the 92% of Catholics who say they used condoms, mm. it's lower than most other religious groups, but not by much. Like well, when it comes 95-ish? to 95 is no religion. 95% of people without religion have said, yeah, I've yeah, used a course. condom in the past. 76% of not of the nuns said yeah. I've used the birth control pill. Me or my partner has used it. But when it came to Catholic, it's only a little lower at 68%. You are raising your hand. I have a question. Yes. It's a very technical question. Yes. Do you think that the Catholic Church is anti-condom or just anti-using condoms during sex? Because I do know that condoms are used for a lot of other like medical shit. Like when you get like an intra-uterine uh, ultrasound, they put a condom on the little thing. Oh. So do you think they're anti that too? Like they're like, if you want something to go up your cooch, like you have yeah. to take whatever's there. I feel like they're fine with whatever goes up your anything. I wish I hadn't said cooch. I don't feel great about it. Thanks for banning this on every platform. (laughs) We're demonetized. Yeah. Um, But the point, like the point is Catholics by and large are not that different from any other religious group when it comes to any form of contraception. For Amy Coney Barrett. Thank God. (laughs) But the one exception to that rule, if you're looking like, Really? Do all Catholics just totally ignore the church on this matter? If you are a more frequent churchgoer, you go every week, like you religiously attend uh, church services, you're a little more likely to fall in line with Catholic policies about contraception. But like, it's not by much. Here's an example of that. When it came to birth control pills, among occasional churchgoers... 78% said, yeah, I've used a birth control pill. Mm -hmm. Among weekly attendees of mass, it was like 55%. Hmm. But that means more than half of their most devout members are like, oh, I I use contraception in my life. Um, Wow. Again, the point is, all of these people have so many, like, they don't care what the church says about all these things. Why are you still there? I'm, I get some people don't have the option to leave or they have other reasons to stay. But come on, it's not all of you. Why are you still there? Ryan Burge, the sociologist, wondered 
is that tension on the sex issue, on the contraception issue, driving some Catholics out of the church? Because we know the decline in organized religion. Hmm. He's like, is this a reason for the same way, in the same way that like same-sex marriage opposition brought a lot of people out of their uh, Mormon church? Uh, Jehovah's Witness. I'm curious why now, though, if that is the case. Because of the abortion ruling. Like, is the church's position, (laughs) right? Is the church's position on sex saying you can't use any protection even now when that's all the protection you may have? Right. Um, Is that pushing people out of the church? The answer is we don't know for sure. We don't, it's too early to get a good uh, read on that. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, and I'm sure listeners know this too, plenty of people left Catholicism over the anti LGBTQ stuff. Um, they have left it for other reasons, same-sex marriage at the mm-hmm. time. Um, hopefully, abortion rights is a reason you're going to leave any institution that right. holds those beliefs. The sexual assault that, that is too. constant. <laughs> I'm trying to get into the mindset of people who are like, well, besides all the no, sexual you know abuse, it it's a good institution. It's the same reason that Congress... Uh, congressional representatives have such a high, uh, not recidivism, what's the word? Recidivism. <laughs> Re-election rate. Uh-huh. Is because Same thing, every- in their case. <laughs> Depends which party. Um, anyway, because everybody hate everything's Congress is a mess, but they like their oh, congressperson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, the Catholic Church is a mess, but Father Paul is fine. <laughs> right. I, yeah, Which I think I, that's I, fair. You like your Catholic mm-hmm. church, even if the institution is flawed. And if the institution is flawed, it's not God. It's not yeah. the religion. It's the men who make up the religion. tell you this, as being raised by two Catholics, as a non-Catholic, the sort of like everlasting guilt is really kind of like laid in there pretty tight. So, mm. I don't know, I'm... And also, okay, I think more interestingly, like, they kind of have to put blinders on for a lot of things. So I wonder if this is just another, because like you said, Catholics don't always or ever, like, follow Catholicism. And so they have issues. These are not small little random rules. But I swear to fucking God, if you try to give somebody a burger on a Friday during Lent, they'll (laughs) eat your face off. No, it's just... I think they, a lot of people who are religious have gotten very good at compartmentalizing and saying like, I am not going to worry about all of this shit because it's too big and it's too much. But I know when I go to church every Sunday and put my 20 bucks in the basket, I feel better because I bought some goodwill from God. I'm at peace. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll jump to a happier story, actually, or just a more amusing story. (laughs) More amusing story. I don't do happy stories. Um, So last week, a bunch of people started sending me links to this uh, one video, and it it was spreading far beyond our atheist circles, but it was basically a Christian rendition of the Survivor song, Eye of the Tiger, with Jesus-y lyrics. Boy. Oh, and there was the. But I don't have headphones. I mean, we're not going to listen to it. We're not listening Ugh. to it because apparently, every time anyone posts this video, everyone gets shut down fast. Really? Yeah. I, Wait, how? Why? The, By whom? The you Christian should, people. The Christian people in question have posted their video of "I Have the Tiger." Uh-huh. They're like, "We're proud of this. We're posting this." I have the Got Jesus. taken down. No, no, no. 
it got taken down. And then I think their full concert that where that was one song out of an hour long thing mm. was also taken down by YouTube. So we did it, it taken down by YouTube because they No, I think taken down as a copyright them. infringement by the band, which doesn't make any sense because parody is fair use. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. It's whatever. Parody's not the right word. Anyway. This video started getting passed along everywhere. The version of it that I saw had a gazillion views by the time it got to me. But again, all you're seeing is like this one woman singing her version of the lyrics. I'm writing my own lyrics right now oh while you're God. talking. I can't wait to hear the end of it's this gonna... segment. <laughs> so she's singing the song. And then she has this other guy with her who's like this built bodybuilder sort of guy um, who starts rapping. Be, and that's not in Excuse the original me, did you song. Say rapping? I did. I was writing rhyming. Christ so you better something. You better get your rap lyrics in I order don't too. Rap. And then so you have her singing and him rapping. And then just to paint the picture here, uh, at some point between the rap uh, verses, he jumps into the audience to start doling out high fives. When he jumps back onto the stage, it's like they want to throw a T-shirt in the audience. T-shirt cannon? Well, he doesn't have a T-shirt cannon. But again, this guy clearly is a bodybuilder sort. Like, he takes the shirt, balls it up, he's going to throw it in the audience, and it gets as far as row one, (laughs) which is just funny. he's balled up the T-shirt? Yeah, just trying to throw it, and it just doesn't get far. It's just funny. That's how that goes, yeah. But um, anyway, everyone's cringing. When they see it. And I'm going to read you a smattering of comments that I saw online. Once again, I find myself thinking that maybe the Reformation was a mistake. (laughs) It said that this song plays endlessly on repeat during Armageddon. (laughs) I have made poor life choices that led me to watching this video. Now you must also suffer. Mm, mm -hmm, What in mm -hmm. the righteous gemstones is going on here? We do not deserve to survive as a species. Protestants, you have to answer for this abomination. And then finally, this is what happens when the senior pastor tells the worship team, do whatever you want and doesn't check back. That's very funny. (laughs) I'm doing really good over here. There are some really amusing TikTok responses. There were some Instagram reels about all this. Again, millions of people saw at least a clip of this thing Mm -hmm. based on the numbers online. And the thing is, I jokingly posted on Twitter something like, who is, who are these people? You found this, out. This has to be an older video because this is the sort of thing I feel like we saw years ago. They Ooh, recirculate yeah. on YouTube every now and then. They always wear the same 80s clothes. Yeah, no exactly. What decade it's from. So I'm like, is, uh, where is this from? And stupid me didn't even think to watch the last second of the main clip that was circulating because it literally had their band name on it. <laughs> but anyway, I, it wasn't hard to find them. I reached out to them. They reached out to me. Actually, they're like, oh, it's it's us. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious. I have questions. And so last week, this is after we recorded, um, last week, to their credit, they sat down like over Zoom and talked to me about it. We didn't to record- you have it? To me, yeah. We didn't record it because I made it clear like I'm not doing this yeah. for republication. I'm writing something about it, but I, I want to know what's going on in your head. Like, here are the questions I want answered. Like, do you know everyone's cringing online? I just read the chorus. We'll wait on that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to interrupt this for that, (laughs) but you'll hear it at the end. So I'm like, I want to know, do they know how it comes across to the rest of us? What makes you (laughs) think making the Christian version of this song is a good idea? And also, like, the thing is, when I watch the video, there are cringeworthy Christian videos of, you know, dubbing over songs, Mm -hmm. Baby Got Book. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a, you remember that one. 
there are those videos. I, spit up my wine. I forgot about Baby right? Got Book. But this one was like, there, she's not a bad singer. Uh-huh. He's trying to rap. But like, I'll give him credit. It's fine Can for what he's trying to do. Uh, our age, 30s ish. Okay. So the cringiest age. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, it wasn't purposely bad. Mm-hmm. And they're clearly talented people. Like, I want to make fun of it, but I'm not able to make as much fun of it as I want to. Yeah. So, like, they clearly took it seriously. Yeah. And they thought it was fine. So, like, what is going on in your head? So, Nick and Haley Gaglioni, mm-hmm. that's their names. They are a married couple. Cute. One of the comments was like, if these people are brother and sister, they are looking at each other very creepily right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're a married couple. I, uh, here's a couple things I found out about them in case you're curious. She is a charismatic Christian, grow, grew up in a charismatic church, mm-hmm. a lot of dancing and singing and, and shouting, mm-hmm. speaking in tongues. Uh, she performed in Branson, Missouri, Christian capital of the United States. Oh, my God. She still sings tributes to, like, Karen Carpenter. Has a very lovely voice. Mm, Fine. Um, Nick voice. grew up as a Catholic. He later shifted to, like, a Pentecostal church. Now he's one of those, like, I'm not denominational. I just focus on my relationship I'm with God. I'm too afraid of snakes now that I can't be Pentecostal. <laughs> are, these, right. are those the snake guys? Mm, there is a type of them that are into the snakes, okay. but it's really just, like, three people. <laughs> and they're all gone now because... <laughs> Snakes. Two fingers between them. Yes. Um, he he was, I mean, listen, both of them were nice enough to talk to me when I made yeah. it clear, like, just so you know where I'm coming from on this before you say yes. I want to talk to you. Um, so they were, they were super hearts. sweet about it. I should tell you, here's what you're not going to like. Oh, boy. Um, they don't hide the fact that they're super conservative. Mm. They supported Trump in 2020. Okay. Back in the day, uh, Haley said she first went, like, quote, unquote, viral uh, in 2012, because MSNBC tweet like interviewed them during a rally, so there was a clip of them on MSNBC, and then it got tweeted online, which was her and her group of people singing oh an boy. ode. Wait for it oh to Rick Santorum back in 2012 when he was pri- running Santorum. for president. Wow. Yep, they That's also a blast from the right? past. They also believe homosexuality is a sin. Obviously. They think atheism is something that happens because you might get hurt by the church. Sure. And I, I and wasn't. And what is their take on that? If you're an atheist because they got hurt in the church, they're like, okay, then we're going to do everything we can do to make sure churches are safe places for everybody, so everybody can enjoy their relationship with God without fear. No, they're going to rap. And so they got married at Valentine's Day. They <laughs> formed a group called Two for Christ, number two, F-O-R, two for Christ. And Is that a play on something? No, just we're, there's two of there's us. There's two of us, and we're but they for use Jesus. F-O-R, yeah. not two, the numeral four. I know, two trust m- me, we had a long conversation about the marketing of this. <laughs> but I will say, they were, they were like, you know what? She likes to sing. She performs professionally singing. Mm. He makes YouTube videos me where too. he talks about lifting, bodybuilding, things like that. And he's one of those like, I want to help. I want to use my hobby, which is lifting, mm. to bring you closer to Jesus. Which, okay, it's a thing. Can People Jesus do that. make a weight so heavy even he can't squat it? Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So they were like clean and now jerk. They're married. That was what I was trying to think and of. It's That's like, much funnier. If they're going to do gigs, it's kind of nicer if you could bring your spouse mm-hmm. with you. And so they formed this group. Mm-hmm. And the way they were dealing with it is they were saying, well, she'll perform by singing songs, a variety show of sorts. Sing, sing a bunch. Of, she sang some Dolly Parton songs. Oh. I mentioned Karen Carpenter. And then he would give a sermon like for 20 minutes telling his testimonial about why he found God. Mm. And that was their show <laughs> that they were pumping iron. and pumping iron. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like saying, here, this is what we do. Book yeah. us for your next thing. Sure. 
and a church in Ohio reached out to them last summer and said, well, we're doing an entertainment night to raise money. We want to hire you to do the thing. Uh So they were like, we're very excited. Uh, This is our first gig. So they planned out their set list. Like, she's going to sing these songs. He's going to speak for about 20 Mm -hmm. minutes. But they're like, you know, we should do something together as kind of a capper closer and he's also and a rapper <laughs> that was not a part of it what <laughs> happened is he's like page. he's he tells her very frankly he's like well i'm not a singer so if you want me to sing with you like it's not gonna sound great you're the voice yeah and she's like well he said i can rap i mean it's comically he knows he knows where he's coming from he's like if you want me to do it i'll I participate can, in i'll your participate thing. in your thing yeah so they jotted down some rap lyrics that were fine whatever oh boy and they did this gig and the thing is this is what amused me. In December, this is, the show was in October. In December, they posted the hour-long thing. I mean, as a marketing thing, right? Sure, like, of course. Here's They're what our show looks like. Right. And it got like a few hundred views on YouTube. Like, totally fine. But no one's really watching the right. whole thing. It's not going viral in any way. And then at the very end of December, actually, I, I lied, let me back up. I think Ooh. they posted that video in October. Ooh. And it got a couple hundred views mm-hmm. right after the event. And then in December, Nick's like, well, you know what? That song is the thing that was the most fun. Let me just post that clip as a separate thing. Uh, And that is the one that started getting, I don't know who saw it first, but it started appearing on Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. And now it's out of their hands. No one knows who these two people are, Mm -hmm. even though they tried to market it. They have their names there. And then someone, someone made a version of the video in order to make fun of it that had a thing like, you know, those, uh, written descriptions at the beginning and ends of music videos. Like, here's the band. Here's the song's name, the record label. It said, Two for Christ, Eye of the Tiger, and then in parentheses, Christian version, except that Christian was missing the first I, so it was just C-H-R-S-T. So it's like Christian version, and Nick was like, they were making fun of us thinking we don't know how to spell Christian. He's like, we didn't do that. But how do you tell the viral people on the right, internet? Right. Like, you no, know, you're, ma- you're making fun of the wrong things. Yeah. I, I mean, was... I saw somebody who spelled atheist wrong today. So like, <laughs> I feel you, bud. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It was a cute story. They were like, they, I asked them like, are you doing any more? You got to do this now at every show pretty much. Yeah. Or if not Eye of the Tiger, then a different song yeah. that you do together. Cause like, this is now your I thing. I need to hear you rap forever, sir. <laughs> they should do Lincoln Park. Right. Right. The, or butcher when that. Adele and, no, oh, no. And Eminem. Adele and Eminem? No, no, no. Dido. Dido and Eminem. Stan, there you go. You could do all Stan, of this stuff. Stan, you pulled it out. I, so impressive. I know my rappers. Do you remember rappers. when uh, Elton John did that with Eminem at the VMAs? And it was No, at the Grammys. It was the Grammys? Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes more sense, mm-hmm. I guess. So... At the end of the day, I'm like, are you doing... They were saying, we're preparing for our next gig. And like, yeah, we're trying to figure out if we could do anything that might be uh, interesting to See, top it. See, they're never going to be able to recapture Lightning in a bottle like you this. You know, we had, we had that discussion. Yeah. Because I'm like, listen, I've gone viral every now and then uh-huh. for stupid things. You can't. And it's like, you can't predict it. What you can do is you put your stuff out there, mm-hmm. be proud of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? If it happens, yeah. it's out of your control. And they're clearly thinking God did this for a reason. Sure. I appreciate that they talk to me and I disagree with just about everything they believe <laughs> can and vice we versa. compromise that I can read my lyrics and I won't sing them? Because they're very good. <laughs> Considering, listen, the rest of you can just forward for one minute while making small talk with Hemant. I wrote the following lyrics Sing your song. 
It's the blood of the Jesus. It's the joy of the Christ rising up from his death cave to save us. I don't know if it's called death cave, but I didn't have it's any other so not. two-syllable word there. And the last known believer keeps a prayer in his heart, and he's watching us all with the eye of the Father. Congrats. It's good, right? Congrats. I think people are going to really like that, and I think I'll probably make a music video. I, I, did, I, I have seen the light. Sh- you watch me do it live, right? I you, you did it me. right in front of me. Right in front. Of, I'm like that. What's that math thing where they like solve all the puzzles in the box? It's called math. No, <laughs> the math box. What's you know what I'm talking Sudoku? about. No, the thing like magicians like magic do. Squares. It, magic squares. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You knew what I was saying. Yeah, I just wanted to mess with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think those are really good lyrics. Um, Please never do that. Don't make Jesus songs. I swear to fucking God, you are going to see this legal notepad. We just lost 97% of our in audience. The Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame. Glass Onion style. Uh-huh. I am my generation's Weird Al with less curly hair and less of a penchant for. And 1% uh, of the grammatical writing. Less of a penchant for Hawaiian shirts. And I can't play the accordion, so. There you go. Okay, let's talk about New Brunswick. New Brunswick, Canada. Canada? Okay. This is a wild story. They have a legislature in New Brunswick. Yeah. And there's a... Okay, get this. There's a Hindu activist. His name is Rajan Zed. I've known about this guy for, I think, 20 years now. Because if you cover church-state separation, he comes up every now and then. Because you know how, like... Christians do an invocation at city council meetings. And then, of course, there's an atheist group that says, well, if you're letting them do it, we want to in. Yeah, yeah. And then more recently, Satanists are like, well, we have an idea for you. Oh, yeah. But this guy, Rajan Zed, who is like a one man, I represent Hinduism. That's his thing. Okay. He's done it. I don't know what group. He, he has a group, but I think it's like the Catholic League and Bill Donahue. It's just one guy. Sure, I'm sure they sure. think they have other people. It's one million But moms. you'll never meet. And exactly. My friend Joan, one million moms. <laughs> right. So one million Hindus, uh, Rajan Zed here. Um, he's, for 20 years now or so, mm-hmm. he's been like, oh, I would like to deliver an invocation for you and for this group. And one time... This is like 10, is 15 he still years financed? ago. Does he just like fly all Very over the country? Very good question. But oh. one time he's like, I would like to deliver it in Congress. And he got his politician to sponsor him, which you need. Right. And he had all the qualifications because he's a, I don't do know, that. certified whatever. And he got to perform the invocation as a guest one day in the house. And I believe there were people in the, there's a video of this on YouTube. It's old, Mm. but there were people in the balcony, like basically mocking him or booing him as he did it. Very disrespectful. Um, I should say you won't get anywhere with it because Dan Barker, who is legit a former priest, Uh now an atheist, Uh uh, did the same thing. He got his congressman to say, yeah, I'll vouch for this guy. Uh And he had Can all the qualifications, that? and the con- and Congress said, no, we're not letting you. Really? Started off a lawsuit, but at the end of the day, uh, the rule is Congress gets do to do whatever the hell it wants. Do we have the same representative? Uh, we do, but also it's not going to happen. So don't even bother. You have no qualifications. I don't either. Uh, did you hear the lyrics I just wrote? Those do not count, and they're written on the paper that counts as your diploma, which doesn't count. Okay. Anyway, Rajan Zed has <laughs> been going around doing invocations everywhere. Uh-huh. So he reached out to the legislators in New Brunswick, Canada, and he says, you have an invocation. I would like to deliver an invocation one day. Wait, he's, is he, he's not Canadian. He is not Canadian. Is he American? He is. Okay. I wonder if he's in Arizona, maybe, because I feel like a lot of his work has happened in around Arizona. Oh, gotcha. But New Brunswick is a hike then. It is definitely a hike. 
And according to a press release on his website from his organization, which is, I think, just him writing it, (laughs) but it said he got a response back from the New Brunswick Legislative Assembly, and their clerk said, as indicated by the speaker, we must respectfully decline your offer. Our well-established practice, dating back over a century, has been to start each day with a prayer consisting of two separate invocations followed by the Lord's Prayer. At this time, the assembly does not intend to deviate from this practice, which is a lot of words that basically say, sorry, you're brown, and we only do Christian Jesus stuff in this building. And I also don't know the laws of Canada, so this is not something I can comment on. The thing is, there were people saying, well, you didn't say it had to be a Christian invocation. You're just assuming that invocation and Christianity are basically synonymous. Which almost everybody does. Which a lot of people do, but like, there's really nothing stopping him from from delivering the invocation. Interesting. Um, and you know what? I will say Rajan Zed is pretty soft-spoken when they quote him in any news articles okay. about this. He's just like, he suggested it was time for the legislature to move to multi-faith opening prayers. <laughs> like, um, So he's not mad. He's, so he's not doing this for attention, it seems. Oh, he, I de- it, think he's definitely doing it for attention, but attention he's not wrong. For... Technically Hinduism, Hinduism, but uh, but it's a one-man wrecking crew here, so it's technically him too. Sure, but he's not wrong. No, he's and that's the thing. So we're on the same side of this. uh, I should say in 2019 uh, in Canada, there in 2019 there was a, a person in the New Brunswick Legislative Assembly. His name was Kevin Arsenault, who proposed a motion to eliminate invocations. From their legislature. He was a member of the We've Green been Party. Trying to get them doing that. He didn't get the votes he needed to pass it, but even he told the CBC, here's what he said to the CBC, because you would think this guy yeah. is going to be on his side. Yeah. Right? He told the CBC, look, the problem with the request was that, quote, it wasn't brought to the Legislative Administration Committee, an all party group that oversees the Assembly's practices. Basically saying he didn't go through the right steps in order to do it. That's why it was rejected. Mm-hmm. Except. If you look at the response that Rajan Zed says he got from the legislature, they didn't say, we would say, yes, but you didn't do it the right way. They said, they said no, I'm sorry, brown. our tradition is Christian only. So it's like, I don't know what the we true don't like story your weird is. weird alphabet there. you guys got there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like their excuse is, this is the way we've always done it. You're not a part of it. Appeal to tradition. But to tradition. Yeah, appeal to tradition. And the thing is, I I don't know if this is Rajan Zed's goal or what, but he did get a lot of media outlets in New Brunswick and like around Canada writing about this story, pointing out the fact that like, why are we doing this invocation? Why are we, why is it Christian only invocation? Whether it's by like written fiat or by tradition. Right. And should we be doing that? I mean, that's the conversation we should be having. But also, I hope now, if the question, if the problem was the method he used to get access, I hope some other group decides, well, we're mm-hmm. not Christian, but we'll go through all the, motion, the the steps you want us to. And then what? You're going to say yes to us? I would love to know. Love we'll find to out. know. That's fun. Uh, let me jump to uh, this interesting study that just came out. Here's, I found this in like religious uh, places too, but this is fascinating. It's a study from the American Inter- Enterprise Institute, which is center right leaning, and the University of Chicago. But what they found is that during the pandemic, 
people didn't really change their religious identities very much over those couple of years. Mm-hmm. However, church attendance took a sharp hit. Mm. Also, not Obviously. surprising because they were closed for a long time. And Zoom, their best yeah, Zoom services don't quite do the same thing. But here's the interesting thing. None of that is shocking. What they found is pre-pandemic, just to name one group, 30% of people ages 18 to 29, 30% of them said they went to church. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, sorry. I'm wrong. Okay. They said they never attended church. 30% of people under 30 said we never attend church. Now, spring of 2022, which is when they did the data, that number jumped to 43%. Wow. Never attend church. What about if you're single? It used to be 30% of people said we don't attend church. That's at 44%. Um, People who are liberal, self-described liberals, before the pandemic, 31% said I never attend church. Now it's 46. Woo. Yeah. Um, and every single demographic they looked at, the number of people who say I no longer attend church has risen. Hmm. Every single group. Um, and that's the thing. Like, it's not surprising to me that liberals, singles, young people have if you weren't a serious churchgoer to begin with, yeah. you very much probably left. Right. Like I could totally get why you would have left by now. Um, but I'm fascinated by how much of that group has disappeared. I mean, it shows if you were not a regular churchgoer before the pandemic, you didn't become one during the pandemic. Nobody found God in the pandemic. Apparently, The pandemic seemed to take the people with the weakest religious commitments Mm -hmm. and basically force their hand. What are you going to do? And a lot of them decided they were fine without church. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the survey, because it's a survey, they didn't go into why is this happening? But again, we've talked about this. There's a reason a lot of those people, younger people, single people, liberals, want nothing to do with whatever the religious organization is. Mm -hmm. So many of them are anti-gay, anti-women, anti-trans, anti-immigrant, anti-science, anti-environment, anti-doubt, anti-choice. And during COVID, anti-doubt. If you have questions about your faith that you are not safe, raising those doubts in church and asking your pastor, like, why do I believe in this stuff? Just have faith. You know, those type of things. That's intense. That's thought crimes territory. (laughs) It is. And during COVID, um, a lot of these churches, in addition to all those things that we already knew, a lot of them filed lawsuits like you just alluded to. Mm -hmm. They were saying, we want to stay open no matter what, rather than protect the health and safety of our parishioners. So during COVID, a lot of these conservative churches chose selfishness over worshipers' Mm -hmm. health. They demanded governments allow them to stay open and spread the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I mean, obviously they're lying to people because that's church. <laughs> it's sort of but like, jam. why would you voluntarily participate in all that, especially during this collective trauma we've mm-hmm. all been through? And why would you subject your kids to that? Right. So like, I'm not surprised that it hit certain groups more than others. And it took this trend that was already happening of people leaving church. Mm-hmm. It just made it go faster it sure. hastened the trend. Like, I'm kind of glad to see that. I was trying to think, is there any downside to this? Is there any downside to them no longer going to church? Because more people are not going anymore. Right. No, I don't think there's any downside. I, I will say that I think we are never, in my opinion, it's based on me, I doubt we'll ever go below a certain floor, and I don't know what that is, unless we... 
a certain floor of of uh, excuse me, like so. I don't think it's ever going to go down below thirty percent or something like that yeah. of people who regularly attend church every yeah. week. Some people always will, right? But in addition to. I'm devoutly religious. I think in a lot of places, um, at least in, in the United States, that people depend on their church for childcare and yeah. like food in some cases. And until we as a country can support people with a social safety net, people are always going to be reliant on their churches because that's where you meet friends. That's where you meet your community. And that's how you raise children because we can't, you can't raise children by yourself. That's mm-hmm. fucking insane. And to be clear, a lot of churches are not any of those things I mentioned and they did the right thing for right. safety. They are not anti-gay or anti-women. They're very good about it. But the ones in the but media enough- spotlight and the ones that are very big and certainly very powerful do fall into that yeah, pattern. Enough bad actors. And the thing you just mentioned, I think you're totally right about the social safety net and government providing it. I guess the one downside, if there is one to all this, is that church is good at one thing in that sense, which is it's a sort of super glue that mm-hmm. binds people together who are not related. Mm-hmm. And you come together once every so often, whether it's weekly or monthly or whatever, mm-hmm. And you are there. You are gathering and you're doing something as a collective group. Yep. And I don't know, once you're out of school these days, how many of those places do a lot of us have left? You know, how many groups, other than like small groups of friends or something, when right. do you gather with strangers to have a bond? I, I know some people have found it through activism mm-hmm. and like I mean, political I've, activism. I found like that. it through my volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Like that's where my community is now. It's very much the bowling alone phenomenon. We're less collective. Did you say bowling alone? Yeah. The, the famous book from like 20 years ago, but like we are all very much isolated these days mm-hmm. and losing church yeah. for all its downsides. You lose this one stable form of community. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I mean, I think the benefits of church are very much outweighed by all the bad stuff, uh-huh. but I don't know. I guess that's the one sad thing. I I hope people who are leaving church and want that community can find it well, in those seen other places. Time and time again, that it's really hard to artificially build that kind of community. Not artificially. Yeah. But I mean, atheists like, have done atheists a. Have, we've weak all job. tried to do that kind of like replace, um, replace church with whatever. And it's hard because there's very few things out there that will encourage people to put aside all of their differences in service of being a community because I don't know, people have strong opinions now and I don't know. I wouldn't just want to join a badminton league and be like, I guess these are going to be my friends. I hope they're chill. I know. I know. I'm very much happy alone on the, I'll just play on the internet. I just want to remind you, you you're married with two human children. Hmm. Yeah. You do. When's the last time you saw them? I don't know. But How the old? point, like, when? No, the question is, when was the last time I saw other people of my age besides you? That's fair. But that's that's a you problem. Let's not no, extrapolate what... off Hammond's <laughs> problems. All of you are exactly like me, and you know it. <laughs> no, you're a hundred percent right. You're people listening to this podcast because you don't have parties to be at. <laughs> We're doing this podcast because we don't have parties to be at. Let's just all admit the truth. Okay, I'm closing out on this one story because right. holy crap, this one made my eyes wide. Um, well, I cover yeah, big. The uh, there's a guy named Victor Gonzalez. He's the head of a church in California called Imperial Valley Ministries. It's one of those churches that has like a few different affiliate campuses. But a couple of years ago, he was accused of some bad acts. Uh, this is 2019, mm-hmm. where a dozen 
leaders in his church, including him, um, they were charged with these horrible crimes. And I only bring that up to say this guy just got sentenced. So, like, these are no longer just allegations. He was found guilty and whatever. But the allegations, to remind people of what they were, because they haven't changed, is holy crap. This guy would take homeless people... And he would say, come to our church. We will take care of you. Uh, We'll feed you. We'll give you a place to stay. And then when they said yes and accepted that generosity, he subjected them, allegedly, several years ago, to forced labor, basically saying, go panhandle for, like, as your full-time job, and we're keeping a bunch of the proceeds. So they were pimps. In a way. I'm using your body to make money for Uh me. Forced labor. Coercing them to surrender any welfare benefits. Oh, cute. Mm -hmm. Serial killers do Uh, that He compelled them, like I said, to panhandle up to nine hours a day, six days a week for the financial benefit of church leaders. Mm. Basically, they traffic people with nowhere else to go, all for cash. I mean, to be fair, Ron DeSantis just did that too. (laughs) They also found out, this is what investigators found out, they said... The church gave him a safe place to stay, though, right? So all these people signed agreements saying we'll obey the church's rules. Mm -hmm. Those rules involved basically saying you have to give up your identification so you can't leave Mm -hmm. because you need that. You're not allowed to discuss, quote, things of the world. This is a cult. With your fellow inmates here. Um, You're only allowed to read the Bible. And if you break any of these rules, you are subject to discipline. And by discipline, they basically meant starvation. Hmm. Um, By the way, in addition to the panhandling, the church leaders took their SNAP benefits, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. They took the victim's SNAP benefits to line their pockets to the tune of over $100,000. So when those allegations came out in 2019, these people faced up to 20 years in prison for the fraud. Guess how much this guy, Victor Gonzalez, the ringleader of all of this, uh, guess what he just got sentenced to uh, last week? Oh, God. Um, you are tw- on the right track. T- 20 years in prison? Six months. Oh. Okay. Plus, plus uh-huh. six more months of oh. home confinement. And his so, wife, who was also charged... So Hammond's life. Uh-huh. And his wife was given a time-served sentence. Like, yeah, we've kept you here long. You just go. Sure. You're good. Now. That's what they got sure. for what they did to those people. And all of this is based on, like, the fraud. It was the snap fraud that they got this guy on, not the trafficking, not the taking these people. Yeah. They didn't... I don't know why, what no, the I settlement mean, was. Prosecutor said, we'll drop those other charges if you go after this one. Do you know I don't the, remember the reason why. The Rajneeshpuram um, cult? Say that the again. Wild, Rajneeshpuram, no. the Wild Wild Country doc? You didn't see that? No. It was about brown people taking over a town in Oregon. How is that not your well, whole we, jam? We do that every week. <laughs> um, it, is, it basically was a, was a cult, and they had moved to this place in Oregon to like make their little homestead, and we're trying to take over the county boards. And so they bust in homeless people from across the country to come in, like live for however long they live, become citizens vote. And then like, go fuck yourselves. Mm. And same thing. They take their IDs. They, this is cult behavior. And men who do this should be punished. Like we care about homeless people who are, don't want to spoil anything, but human beings in their own right and deserve dignity and healthcare and happiness. Write a song about that. I think we know how my uh, talents are appreciated on this podcast, and therefore I will. If not you like be... Jessica's song, you should leave us a five star <laughs> review. 
on iTunes. I've genuinely been thinking of maybe I should start picking up my guitar again and making a little, a little, a little song. But oh my God, that would involve me <laughs> tuning up my guitar. It's, it's I a Patreon like perk if you go to Patreon.com/slash/FriendlyAtheistPodcast. <laughs> and the way this works is if you are not a Patreon subscriber, yeah. Jessica's going to send you her music. Here's the thing about how rude you it's are a reverse to me. Perk. Listen, people were really concerned that we were fighting too much last week, and I'm telling you right fucking now, we're still fighting. Uh, do you want to hear about our bonus episode topics? Yes. Uh, I just finished the show Bad Sisters. Bad Sisters? Mm-hmm. Dottie's birthday was yesterday. Aw. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into the JonBenet Ramsey case again, I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. You want to bet? <laughs> the JonBenet Ramsey case is the most wild Insane case I'm obsessed with it Just finished Welcome to Chippendales Oh Okay I am listening to A podcast series Last podcast on the left About the troubled teen Um Sort of Commodity That happened in Like the 90s And the aughts When I was like Everybody goes to boot camp Or you're going to reform (laughs) school And basically those were like Those are my daytime hours When on days off of school (laughs) But those were like Torture chambers For young people And it's Mm -hmm. really fucked up And I want to talk about that And then um, I am going to do the whitest thing of all time. Would you like to even fathom trying to guess the whitest thing of all time? Binge watch Seinfeld. Okay. No. And people of all races enjoy mm. Seinfeld. So I'm, I'm not sure, sure you why think they you do. Go on. <laughs> no. Uh, I am going to do yoga on horseback. <laughs> And we want to start offering Canceling it at the this bar. damn show. <laughs> we're all, we're, we want to offer it at the barn, but we need to like. I told out you this we... before we started uh, recording. Jessica brought up last week uh, in the bonus episode that she had seen this movie, The Menu. So fine, I got I, I saw it myself. So we're going to discuss. You know that who too. else watched The Menu? My mother, Phyllis Blumke, on my nice. recommendation based on this podcast. Excellent. She was All like, right. it was weird, Jess. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm at Jess Blumke. Hammond's at Hammond Meta. Email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Leave yep. us a review. Uh, rate us five stars. We'll you talk know, to you next week. All the things. Yeah, see you soon.